Okay, so as Justin said, my name's Stephen McCurdy here. Most of you know me probably with CR or working up at the coffee bar uh, here uh, every Sunday or on Thursday nights. You know, and this week I've been given the term, I've been blessed to receive the term, I should say, wonderful counselor and to teach on that. I just want to thank Tucker last week for his great message on Everlasting Father. You know, as I'm leaving here last week, uh, it was almost a little too good for me because I'm like, you know, he's got all the meat off the bone. Where am I going to go with this? You know, that, that's sort of preacher talk, by the way, meat off the bone. or Either that or North Alabama talk one. I'm not really sure. It's just how I talk. And so that's what I was thinking. But I do believe that God has shown me some things here. We've went in a direction. Actually, I think we're going to uh, sort of piggyback off what he said and come right along uh, behind him and uh, carry on with that message. So uh, the term is wonderful counselor. I just want to mention in passing that in the original text, uh, there was separated. Instead of wonderful counselor, it was wonderful, comma, counselor. That really helped me. So I hope it'll help you. And uh, I think that's sort of the direction we're going uh, to go today. So I just wanted to mention that. But when I seen that term originally, I was drawn to counselor. You know, and most of us can think of maybe a counselor that we worked with or, you know, if I was going to go to counseling or seek the help of a counselor, you know, what would I be looking for in that person? We think of things that would make them a wonderful counselor, you know, and there's probably some things that you'll think of, you know, you want to say, you know, when I was talking to Justin, he said, man, I want somebody with a great track record. You know, I want to know they've been doing this a while. They've helped a lot of people. So you might look at some uh, reviews as well. You know, I said I want them to be a, a good listener. I want them to be able to understand what my struggles are that I'm dealing with. You know, I want somebody with experience specifically in what I need help with. And so really, when you dig deeper in that, you break it down to two separate things. And number one, you want somebody that's effective, that has the power and authority to help you, you know, that have knowledge and experience but it also really helps if there's someone that cares, if they have empathy, you know. And so that's what matters about the wisdom that they have. Can they communicate that with you? Can they motivate you and drive you to use this knowledge that they can give you? And ultimately, that's what's going to make them a good counselor. So, you know, certainly Jesus meets all the criteria for the things that we've talked about so far. There's an old uh, saying in recovery that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. You know, and when they know that you care, then they're more willing to listen, to take the advice that you have. But the reason it's important that I said that about the separation of wonderful and counselor is while he is counselor, he is the things that we've talked about so far, that's actually not going to be the purpose of the sermon today. The purpose of this sermon today and for this time that we have here together is I just want to point out and emphasize that Jesus is wonderful. Amen. Everything else is going to come from that. And if we don't understand that, nothing else is really going to matter at this time. And so that's my purpose. I hope as we teach these truths that it just builds up in your mind and raises Jesus higher and higher. And we just leave this place in 35 minutes. If we don't do anything else but say that Jesus is just wonderful, then this time has been a huge success in my mind. So that's my purpose for this message, to establish that. But I also have a prayer for this time. And that prayer is that as we speak these truths, as we teach 
that the Spirit would uh, rekindle somebody's mind. It would regenerate their heart. And for the first time, they might be able to see this, just how wonderful Jesus Christ is at this time. And they might see that he's worthy to give their life to him. So let's pray at this time, and then we're going to get into teaching. Our Father, just help us, Lord. Help our minds in his human state to just begin to grasp the wonders of Jesus Christ. Lord, at this time, please use your spirit to help any unbeliever in this room to just understand that he is powerful, that he cares, that he wants a relationship with them, and that he can make them whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, so as I said here, we broke this down uh, into those parts. And the main thing that we want to dig in and we want to understand is that he is wonderful here today. He is powerful. Yes, he can heal. He did raise the dead, but also that he cares enough to use all that power, all that wisdom for your good to help you overcome obstacles in your life, to help your life go smoother, and ultimately to build you up into this Christian that he wants you to be, a mighty warrior for him. And so we just need to say again, isn't Jesus wonderful? The definition of wonderful, uh, it's actually a little bit humorous to me because it's beyond, beyond human comprehension. It's too great for our minds to understand. So really the definition of wonderful is that we can't explain it. You know, and so that's a little bit crazy to me. I'm like, that don't happen much in the dictionary. You know, there's something so great that they can't even really explain it. But the more you go, that's actually the way it gets to be. And so today, I hope that we teach some things here that maybe helps you wrap your mind around a little bit more about what makes Jesus a wonderful counselor. So I want to go to the historical context a little bit because it's really relevant to my life and to uh, this message today. And Justin read the main text in Isaiah. But when I first started uh, studying, like I said, when you first look, I was drawn to counselor. You know, what makes somebody a good counselor? What am I seeking in a counselor? And so I go right up to Isaiah 8, 19. And I look, and it speaks in there the fact that they're not seeking counsel from God. They're seeking counsel from mediums and necromancers and not from God. And it says, why are they not inquiring of their God? Why are they inquiring on the dead on behalf of the living? And so I thought, well, you know, that's the issue right there. You know, that it's this one that's coming up, that they're not seeking him for counsel. But that's the problem on the outside. You know, that's not the problem at the root. When you dig deeper and you go into it, you understand that they don't see him as wonderful. They don't see him as God. They don't see him as worthy. Uh, God has blessed Israel in this time, and uh, they flourished. It talks about milk and honey and all the vineyards that they have on back in the chapters before. And so as a result, They don't see the fact that they need God. They've slowly drifted away from God, and they're about to come into some tough times. That's why we're speaking about the hopelessness state that they're in is because of this fact that they've turned their back on God. They've not sought counsel from God. They don't understand anymore how wonderful he is to them, that tough times are coming their way. You know, and the fact is God's not going to remove this tough time. 
God's going to bring them through this tough time by the hope. You know, and I've seen that in my life so many times. God's not going to remove it, but he's going to bring them through it in hope. So we look here and uh, hopefully, as I said, we go through these things right now. We're focused on the fact that Jesus is wonderful. And I hope that each uh, thing that I bring up, each point that I make just adds to that until the point that our mind just cannot fathom the wonders of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you look at it and you wonder why is Jesus Christ such a wonderful counselor to us? What qualities make him this? And we've talked about some of them, but the first thing is that Jesus relates to our struggles. You know, Jesus does this in a couple different ways. Jesus knows what is in our hearts. That's what makes him a wonderful counselor. He has that power and authority of God to see within our hearts and see the root of the problem, not just what's manifested itself on the outside. You can see this in a couple different ways. Justin taught this week on Wednesday night about a couple of them with a rich young ruler. You know, the rich young ruler come to Jesus and he thought he had everything in his life figured out. There was only one little box that needed to be checked and that box was eternal life. So he comes to Jesus and that's what he's inquiring of Jesus about. You know, how do I get this? And so Jesus tells him pretty quickly at the end, he's like, well, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. You know, and so Jesus dove down to the root of the cause immediately of the thing that would be between them. And the fact is, it was he didn't trust God. He trusted in his finances and all the things that he had. So this man wanted spiritual uh, life. He wanted eternal life. But Jesus went right to the fact and he says, you know, it's your trust that you have problem with. You don't trust God enough. Again, with the woman at the well. Jesus tells her, he says, I am he who can give you this living water, this water that would make you never thirst again. So that's what she's all about, because that's what she wants. That's, you know, the difficulty in her life is having to come out to the well, to having to be around these other ladies that are gossiping about her a little bit. But the fact is, it wasn't that that she needed. The problem in her life was the lust. It was her husband is the fact that she was living with a guy that she wasn't married to and she had all these inappropriate relationships. So Jesus dives right to the heart of the problem because he can see in our hearts to the real problem. Jesus also conquered sin and he conquered death. Jesus experienced every temptation that we face here on this earth. Jesus faced betrayal emotions. Uh, we taught, we had a sermon series about all the emotions that Jesus went through while he was here on earth. Uh, he experienced no food for 40 days with Satan tempting him. Uh, he was betrayed by Judas. Uh, he was angry. He was actually so distraught at one time that he cried tears of blood. And in the end, he died on the cross for us voluntarily so that we might have victory over these things. And see, in my mind, a lot of times I think that because Jesus conquered these things, because he never sinned and he never gave into them, means that Jesus can't relate with my struggle. But it don't mean that Jesus can't relate with our struggle. It means that he can release us from our sin and our struggles in our life. That brings us to our second point. Jesus releases people from sin and from hopeless situations. 
John 8.32 says that you should know the truth and that the truth will set you free. Again, in 8.36, it says if the Son sets you free, that you are free indeed. Jesus is a wonderful counselor because Jesus alone can give you true freedom from the difficulties in your life. See, a lot of times when we go to counselors or when we seek counsel, maybe even from a friend, a lot of times you find that they go to the extreme, maybe one way or the other. Maybe they have, you know, a lot of wisdom and knowledge, but they just hit you over the head with it, you know, and like you just, you're mad and you can't take it, you know, and so in the end you end up maybe not so much friends or a little bit ill at them, you know, but other times, You'll have people in your life that are really kind and they know they can see right to the heart of the problem, but they can't tell you the truth and honesty and out of love so that you can begin to work on these things. So you either find it one way or the other, those that are really hard or those that are like, no, no, you know, everything's fine. You're, you're doing great. You're doing great. There ain't nothing wrong. You know, you're all right. And then before you know it, maybe you run up in a wreck or something, you know, with your life. But the thing that makes Jesus wonderful counselor is because he knows the truth. He knows the real issue in your life that's causing these problems. He loves you and cares about you enough to expose this truth so that you can begin to work on it and actually gain freedom and release over these life-dominating issues. Jesus has the ability to bring what is in the darkness to the light. And show you that this is the root, this is the real problem that's causing the issues in your life. And sometimes all we can see is like the branches, the trees, and not to the root. But Jesus can see to the root. Jesus also has the power to help us remove these things. And he also lets us know that these are the things that are disconnecting us from the true power source, which is Jesus Christ himself. The fact of the thing is about this counsel is if you won't seek this counsel, if you don't see him as wonderful, and it won't matter to you if there's something between you and Jesus, if you don't crave and desire that close relationship with him. It's when you see him as wonderful and you want this close, intimate, personal relationship with him that you can pray, you can ask, and he can show you the root of the problem, that you can begin to work on this issue in your life and you can remove it. This is what makes Jesus a wonderful counselor. Jesus also rescues those who are lost or those who are wayward. The scripture says that he left the 99 to go after that one. He can do that. He can do things for us sometimes that we can't do for ourselves. The fact is, in my own story, uh, it proves I'm sort of the prop for this here, uh, for the rescue and the release part of this, because I was that one that Jesus went after. You know, Jesus left that 99 to come after me. And my story is so much like in Israel that it was really like divine, you know, that I got this story here tonight, or today. Because in my life, I was in that area to where, you know, I was seeking God and uh, I was doing uh, things to have a close relationship with God, but I inherited some property from my family. Uh, me and my wife, we sold this property. We come into a lot of money, and actually at that point in our life of understanding 
that Jesus was wonderful, that he had blessed us. This was the very thing that come between me and Jesus. As this reason I flowed away from Jesus, I got further and further away from Jesus to the point that I couldn't hear his voice anymore. And I began to plug everything inside of me with this deep hole that was left because of this relationship I didn't have with Jesus. In the end, it ended up manifesting itself into a drug and alcohol addiction. And as a result, I lost everything in my life that I put in front of Jesus Christ. And so I found myself in 2014, the end of 2014, the point that I'd actually even lost my freedom. I was actually in jail for Christmas 2014. Actually, at this same time of year, I was in jail at DeKalb County. And it gave me time to sit down and contemplate my relationship with Jesus Christ and actually dig into the part of my life to where it actually started. You know, you could look and see what was manifest on the outside, which is the fact that I just had a drunken problem or I had a drug problem. But the fact was that I did quit seeing Jesus as wonderful. I quit seeking his counsel for my life. And it started slowly, day by day, drifting away from God until my life had become so hopeless and so broken in this way. And so in that year, December 2014, in a jail ministry, my life was so broken and hopeless that I just cried out to God in a jail ministry. And God rescued me that day at that jail ministry. So let my life be the prop, be the thing here for the fact that Jesus rescues those that are lost, those that are wayward. Jesus will come for you if you trust in him, if you put your faith in him. And sometimes he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Jesus will rescue you if you continue to seek his counsel and listen for his voice. Jesus can restore your life. Jesus restores lives. He restores health. And he restores hope. At that point in my life, Jesus began restoring my life through his counsel. I turned my life over to Jesus. I began to read his word. I began to listen. And above everything else, I had been humbled to the point in my life to where I knew that I had to have him. I had to have his direction from my life. We see many examples in the Gospels of Jesus' healing power, the fact that he restores uh, people's life, he restores people's hope. Uh, Jesus uh, restored withered hands. Uh, people received sight that had been blind all the way from birth. Uh, the lame walked, the blind was healed. We see this all through any gospel, Jesus' power to restore those that believe and put their faith in him. One of the greatest story of this is Lazarus. Uh, we have the uh, scriptures there put in for that in John. I won't go through all of them because it's really long. But this story paints a beautiful picture of everything that I want to say here because Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved Mary. Lazarus died and Jesus came to them. And actually the shortest scripture in all the books is the most powerful to prove how much Jesus cares. It says that when Jesus saw Mary and he heard this, that Jesus wept. 
You know, it wasn't the fact that Jesus didn't have the power to raise him from the dead. It wasn't the power that the fact that he didn't have the power to do anything about it. It's that he felt their emotion. He felt that heartbreak and he met them at that point of emotion. And he cared so much for them that he'd done this sign. He'd done this amazing uh, healing power, used it here to bring Lazarus forth from the grave. He set Lazarus free. He rescued them out of their hopeless situation and released Lazarus from death. He completely restored Lazarus' life. It said a couple chapters later that he actually sat down and had a meal with Mary and Lazarus. And as you remember, it's where uh, Mary anointed him at the table and there was a huge celebration for the restoration power of Jesus Christ. So at this point, maybe I hope that you can say that, yes, these things prove that Jesus is wonderful, that he is a worthy counselor. But at this point, you're probably wanting to know, thinking a little bit, how do I hear from him? How do I receive this counsel in my life, you know? And so that's why I started with a point of it being Wonderful. You have to see that he's wonderful. You have to see that he's worthy in order to seek him. In my own life, that's the thing that's drawn me to him and to seek his counsel was because I seek this relationship with him. I have to be willing to block out the time and to ask for his counsel, to ask for his direction. So the first thing that we can do to receive counsel from Jesus Christ is that we have to know his word. We have to get into his word. We can use his word uh, to guide us, to see the example that he set down for us uh, when he was walking here on earth, uh, how he treated people, how he responded to different situations. But other than that, we should use his word to check out any counsel that we think we've received from him against his word. Any counsel or any direction that we think that we've received from God should always be consistent with the word of God. So knowing the word of God will help you know when the counsel and the direction you've received is from God or his godly counsel. So number one, we need to know that word. We need to know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Number two is prayer. The scripture says that ask, and you will receive. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Like any counselor, we have to be willing to talk to them. We have to be willing to open up. It's not that Jesus don't already know what the issue is. It's not that he don't already know what's going on within us, as I said earlier. It's the fact that Jesus cares about you and he wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to his children and he wants you to speak to him and tell him what's going on with you and ask for his help. So we should know the word. We should ask and expect to receive. Number three, the thing that works best for me is meditation. After I've prayed to actually block out some time in a quiet place and listen for his instruction, listen for his counsel on my life. After I read the word, I try to pray for a little bit, I try to ask him, and then I try to block out time 
and just show him how wonderful I think he is, that I'm seeking his counsel, that I want his direction on my life. Other people, friends that I have, say that they like to get outdoors. They like to get in nature. Uh, For this time, they say it makes them feel close to God. It makes them feel close to Jesus to be outside in this. So exercise, whatever it is. But the number one thing that's going to drive this is that we have to want this close personal relationship. We have to understand that he is wonderful, that he is powerful, that he is capable to bring us through every situation. And the fact is that he cares enough to meet you in that situation and bring you through that situation, no matter what it is that you're dealing with. If you don't come to terms with that first, that Jesus Christ is wonderful. All the things that I've talked about here, about reading the Bible, prayer, and these things, would just seem like discipline to you. It will seem like things that maybe you don't want to do or maybe you can have a little bit uh, different mindset about them and you can think, well, if I don't do these things, then my life may you know, go in a bad direction. And I want to challenge you not to think that way. I want to challenge you to think about it, that we just love him, that we just think he is so wonderful that we want to spend time with him. We want his direction on my life. And so the thing that I'm thinking about on this is I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife in this. You know, and you probably see us every week, maybe at the coffee bar. Uh, We actually have a picture, and she don't know this is going up, so if you don't see me around here anymore, uh, if you don't see me around here anymore, then ask questions, because she didn't know this is going up, and I'm not sure she would approve of that picture being up there. So, you know, when you see us at coffee bar that, you know, and... uh, I mean, usually I'm hugging on her at some point or, you know, maybe sneaking a little kiss in. Some of you might be a little grossed out by that. And I want to apologize anyway if you're like PDAs and stuff about that. But the fact, the illustration about that, you know, is, I mean, why do I do that? I mean, do I help her? Do I love on her? Because I'm like, well, I'm going to want dinner later on. Or, you know, I'm going to want my clothes washed. You know, maybe she irons really good shirts and folds really nice and stuff. The fact is, I don't do that stuff. That stuff is driven because I think she's wonderful. Because I love her. And I just want to spend time with her. And that's what's driving all this other stuff. And so I want to challenge you to think about your walk with Jesus Christ and your relationship in that way. These are things here that help me. I mean, I hope they'll help you. They're biblical. But it has to all spring from a heart that thinks Jesus Christ is wonderful. And knows and rests in the fact that he is powerful, he is mighty, he is great, but that he loves and cares about you so much to use all that power, all that wisdom to bring you through every situation and every circumstance of your life. So as the guys come back up to play We're going to have a time of invitation here, and I just want to tell you that if you're here today and you don't know this wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, he will rescue you from your hopeless situation. If you're having a tough time this season, uh, that's where we come into. Actually, the series is titled Hope Has a Name. Hope is alive today. His name is Jesus. He is wonderful. And he wants to be your counselor.